Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the NACF Podcast. And we all can agree that 2020 has been a year like no other, a challenging year. But has that stopped you in your tracks from pursuing your purpose? Did you give up when the fight started? At the first sign of opposition? At the first obstacle? Or is it just a convenient excuse? Coming up. When God gives you the grace to do something, he gives you that extra ability for you to be able to do what you can't do on your own. That's grace. God sent me here today to ask you this question. Can you give him a year of no excuses? Our governor has asked us to stay home for two weeks, and but we still have to make sure that the children are fed. Yes. And so our and God still deserves our praise. So we are here to give you a worship experience, and there is a word from the Lord. Yes. We had planned to uh, launch our coaching program today, and we are going to do the, just that. We are going to do just that and I'm excited about what God is getting ready to do so you all tune in get your Bibles and let's walk through this word of God and then we're going uh, to launch our coaching and hopefully I'll, I'll talk a few more of you into it amen so share I heard somebody say yesterday like and share like and share like and share tell somebody they need to hear this word today now I don't even know what it's gonna be unless you snuck and heard it this morning you know there's somebody that needs to hear this word so like and share 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 and let's expand our territory let there be more people hear this word today than if we would have had a church full today can we do that Amen. We're going to Luke chapter 13, verses uh, 6 through 9. Luke chapter 13, verses 6 through 9. In the New International Version, and for those that are here, it is there for you on the screen, and let's read it together. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now I have been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year. And I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Our topic this afternoon is a year of no excuses. A year of no excuses. God is saying, can he get a year of no excuses? excuses it's a reason or explanation put forward to defend or to justify a fault or an offense excuses 
is a reason put forth to conceal the real reason for an action. Excuses. Mm -hmm. You know, I was caught in traffic. There was a wreck on the freeway. My alarm didn't go off. Excuses. The dog ate my homework. My computer crashed. My phone died. I didn't have it on my schedule. Excuses. I'm not sure if this is really God. I don't have the right personality or temperament for that. Y'all know I might go left on these folks. Y'all might not want to call me. I might go left on these folks. You know, my spiritual life isn't what it should be. Excuses. My wife doesn't support me. My husband holds me back. My mother didn't teach me. I didn't have a father to show me. My kids won't get it together. Pastor Kevin once told me, Sharonda, he said, it's going to be a sad day in judgment. When people stand before God telling him about what other people didn't do. Excuses. You know, they really don't like me. I don't fit in. I'm not on their level. I don't want to step on anybody's toes. Excuses. I'm not healthy. I need to wait till after the surgery. I can't do it till I get out of school. I'll wait for them to change my work schedule. Excuses. Nobody called me. I knew they really wanted somebody else. I'm not one of the pastor's picks. They always overlook me. Excuses. I can't seem to get right. I get up there and I get so nervous. I don't like the spotlight. I like being behind the scenes. Excuses. 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 The reason or an explanation put forward to defend or to justify a fault or an offense or a reason put forward to conceal the real reason for an action. Excuses. And Sean, man, COVID-19 has actually been good for folk who are walking in their purpose. It has been a convenient excuse for those who have failed to see it through, to see purpose through. You don't have to show up. You don't have to produce. You can't go visit the sick. I'm not comfortable coming back to church yet. Uh, we can't do anything outreach. I, I was going to do it. But then COVID, I was on my way, but then COVID, I was going to start this year, but then COVID. Oh, COVID's been great for excuses. It's been a great year for excuses, for giving God an explanation as to why you didn't do it. And instead of giving him the real reason for your disobedience. Yikes. See, COVID may have stopped you from doing the things the way that you did them before, but there was nothing about COVID that should have stopped your purpose. There was nothing, not one thing about this COVID pandemic that should have stopped your purpose. How are you going to say that, Pastor? Because you found another way to eat. You found another way to play. You found another way to shop. Yeah. 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 Ask Brother David. He worked for UPS. Y'all found another way to shop. Yeah. You found that folk got married this year. Yeah. 
They bought homes this year. They got new cars this year. With telehealth, you could even go to the doctor and go to your counseling this year because that's what I do all day, stare at a computer and do counseling with people. You went to the bank. You got your money. You found a way to vote. But in nine months, you couldn't find another way to walk in your purpose. You had nine months to figure out another way to walk in your purpose. You figured out how to do everything else another way. Uh, excuses. Excuses. Jesus doesn't like excuses. As a matter of fact, he, while he was on earth, if you look in Luke chapter 9, he, he was, it, this is what happened to Jesus. He, he said, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus knew he, he was full of excuses, though. He didn't even, he just said, foxes have dens and birds have nests. But the son of man has no place to lay his head. So you really don't know. <laughs> then another man came up to him and said, Jesus said to the other man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. Jesus said, let the dead bear their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. There's another man came to him and said, I'll follow you, Lord, but let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus said, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. The first guy didn't even seem to answer what Jesus said to him. The other two gave excuses. And their excuses sound reasonable. Just like yours. Yours sound reasonable too. But the bottom line is that purpose was calling them. And they asked, could they at least temporarily be excused? You know, you see, back in the day when you had real parents that demanded respect, you didn't just get up from the dinner table because you were finished. You didn't just walk out of the presence of an adult. You had to say, may I be excused? May I be excused? Since I have an excuse, but may I be excused? And this is what some of you are saying to God. I hear you calling me. I know you have a plan for me. I know these sermons all year on purpose have been for me. But I have an excuse. So may I be excused? This isn't the right time. I got so much other stuff to do. I don't know how to balance all of this. So may I be Excuse, I'm not cut out for this. I, I, I'm not good enough. You, you know I'm not all that saved, Lord. I need just a little more Jesus to help me along the way. So may I be excused? You know, Jesus has an attitude with people who take up space and resources but don't produce much of anything. You will have to give an account for your productivity one day. You're going to have to give an account for it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Go in there and it says. Around verse 12 it says. If anyone builds on this foundation. Using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw. Their work is going to be shown for what it is. Because the day, that judgment day will bring it to light. It says it will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. Mm -hmm. 
And if what has been built survives, or it survives the fire, then the builder will receive a reward. And if, but if it's burned up, because wood, hay, and straw is going to burn up. He said if it burns up, then the builder is going to suffer loss, but, but yet will be saved. And I, I wish he had to put that part in there. But I don't write this stuff. I just teach it because I would have I would have put it in there so I can get y'all to do what you're supposed to do. I would have put it in there that, that you're going to get burned up too, but, but it really didn't say that. I got to teach it like it said. It says, you'll suffer loss, but you'll yet you'll be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. In other words, if you really believe in Jesus Christ and you're born again, even if you don't do your purpose, he said, you'll make it into heaven. He said, but it'll be like you're escaping the fire. In other words, you're going to barely make it in. It'll be like you just you just barely got out to fire yourself. So just so you know, the difference between gold, silver, stones, precious stones, and then wood, hay, and straw, your excuses aren't gonna make it through the fire. Doing a bunch of stuff that God didn't tell you to do, all that stuff is not gonna make it through the fire. Not that judgment fire. What do you have to show for your time here on planet Earth? Ask yourself, what do you have to show for your time here on planet Earth? Now, more importantly, who do you have to show for your time here on planet Earth? Who can you present to God? Because that's the only thing that's going to last. Now, I am super into education. I am super into education. I really am. It is the fruit of my labor of my life. It is what I can show to God for the intelligence that he gave me. He, I, didn't, I wasn't good at a whole lot of stuff, but I was, thought I was pretty smart when it came to school. And so I gave him two bachelor's degrees, a master's, a Ph.D., and a certificate from the Bible college. That's what I gave to God. But when I stand before him and my works are tested by the fire, those degrees, are going to be wood, hay, and straw. They're not going to be the thing in the kingdom of God. They're not going to make it through the fire. And I plan on us building that church on Sunrise Mountain and offering it to God. I plan on owning something here in Aliante. I really want to own this whole building here in Aliante. I plan on owning that building at Central Campus. But if I just offer him buildings, I, I, I plan on that. We got counseling centers and we're going to build these youth centers and these community centers. But if I only offer him a bunch of buildings, they're going to be wood, hay, and straw when it's in the fire. Your business, your bank accounts, your awards and achievements, all of that stuff is just wood, hay, and straw. They will not make it through the fire. The only silver and gold and costly stones that are going to succeed, all those things, you can burn them up, but, you, but they're not going to be consumed. The more you burn them, just the more they purify. And so only silver, gold, and the costly stones that are going to survive the fire of judgment are the investments that you make in people. I keep telling y'all ain't nothing from here going to heaven but people. I keep telling you Jesus is not coming back down here for anything but people. So who will you have to offer to God? Who can you say left you left here as your legacy? Who is going to get your stuff? Pastor Sharonda preached to that y'all that last week. Who is going to get your stuff? Who's going to get your mantle? Who's going to get your wisdom? Who is going to get your bought sense? What's bought sense? That stuff you paid for. Common sense come natural. But bought sense is that stuff you paid for. That's right. 
Like I know this because I paid for this. Who's going to get your bulk sense? Whose life did you change? Whose life did you enhance? Who met Jesus because of you? Who met Jesus because of you? Who became a better parent because of you? Who became a better minister because of you? Who became a better spouse? Who became a better teacher? Who became a better minister, a better musician, Donnie, because of you? Who has become a better singer, James, because of you? Who's become a better intercessor, Sharonda, because of you? Who became a better counselor? Who became a better administrator because of you, Rene? Who became a better professional because of you? Who became a better Christian because of you? Or have you spent most of your Christian life asking, may I be excused? I have an excuse. So may I be excused? God sent me here today to ask you this question. Can you give him a year of no excuses? Can, can, can he get a year? Can a savior get a year of no excuses? Watch this, watch this. That shall be. Excuses represent a lack of faith in grace. Y'all say that with me. Excuses represent a lack of faith in grace. Those of you that are listening, I want you to write it down. I want you to write it in the comments because if you write it, you, you'll, you'll, you'll remember it better. Write it down if you're taking notes. Write it in your comments because this is, a, this is a, something deep to God. This is, this, is a, this is the sermon. This is the message for today. This is, the, this is the nugget. This is the nugget for today. Excuses represent a lack of faith in grace, especially a good excuse. Some of y'all got some good excuses. But if God gives you a directive and you don't see how you can accomplish this given your present circumstances, then you have a lack of faith in grace. Explain, Lucy. Explain, Lucy. I got you. Grace is that unmerited favor. It's getting something from God you didn't deserve. But that's not the only definition of grace. Grace also means the special favor of God that gives you the extra ability to do what you can't do on your own. Grace is that special favor of God that gives you extra ability to do what you can't do on your own. In other words, if God calls you and you got a five, you got five, but he sends you to do something that requires a ten. When you go anyway, even though you only got five, when you go anyway and you wholeheartedly give that five in faith, then he makes up for the five that you don't have and you will do with five what it takes other people ten to do. Right on in to our time of giving. Yeah. It is a time for you to participate and get involved yeah. in what we are doing over here at the house and to show some gratitude to the Lord. Let me pause for a second and just let you guys know that your giving 
and your tithes and your offerings, everything you have been doing has not fallen flat over here at New Antioch Christian Fellowship at Aliante. If you don't believe me, take some time when you walk outside, look up. Take some time when you walk outside, look up at the building. Our name is on the side of the building. Let me tell you what God is doing in this pandemic. Let me tell you what God is doing through your tithes and giving. Let me tell you what God is doing with the money that you are sending over here because we are doing what he's told us to do and being good stewards over the provision that God has given us in this house. God is moving over here at New Antioch Christian Fellowship, and I'm excited about it. And we want you guys to get involved in what he's doing. He is blessing us here at the house, and I want him to bless you where you are. You can give over here at New Antioch to Good Soil. You can text your giving in to 77977. The word New Antioch, all one word. It'll prompt you on your cell phone what you're supposed to do after that. You can go to the website, New Antioch dash aliante.org there's a donate button at the top really simple it'll give you all the steps you can do if you want to give digitally online if you want to send your money in here we will gladly receive it our address is 2550 nature park drive suite 100 north las vegas nevada 89084 we want to if i can do a five what everybody else needed 10 to do that extra five is called grace. That's good. When God gives you the grace to do something, he gives you that extra ability for you to be able to do what you can't do on your own. That's grace. So if you make the excuse, God, you asked me to do it, but I only have five to work with. So I'm not going to try that. Then what you have done, that excuse now represents the fact that you don't have faith in grace. That's good. Thanks, that you don't have faith. You don't believe in God's ability to make up for what you don't have. Paul went through this. Paul said he had a Paul had a situation that hindered his ability to walk in purpose. His purpose was big and it was time consuming and it was physical. So he asked God three times to get rid of what he called this thorn in the flesh that was connected to a messenger of Satan that buffeted him. But instead of accepting Paul's excuse and adjusting his purpose. All right, Paul, I know you can't do all that with this weakness. So I'm going to downsize your vision. I'm going to downsize your assignment. He didn't do that. And, and he didn't give Paul what Paul asked for, which is to get rid of this thing. Instead of Paul accepting Paul's excuse and adjusting his purpose, Jesus just extended him some grace. That's good. He said, no, you're going to go just like this. And you're going to do just what I said you're going to do. Because my grace... Is sufficient. In other words, I'm going to do more with your weakness than you could do in your strength. I'm going to say that three times. God is telling you, I'm going to do more with you in your weakness than you could do in your strength. I'm going to do more with you in your weakness than you'd be able to do if you had the strength. But if you refuse to move because you have an ex excuse, then what you do is you demonstrate a lack of faith in grace. So you single parents, and those of you who may as well be single parents for as good as that other parent is doing you, 
For those of you who are financially challenged, for those of you who are even physically ill, for those of you who are intellectually deficient, you just don't get it like other people. For those of you who are mentally unstable, you know that you got some stuff going on with you mentally and emotionally. Your excuse represents a lack in the faith, a lack of faith in grace. You don't believe that God has the ability to make up for what you don't have. So your excuse represents a lack of faith in the grace of God. So Jesus is looking for fruit. He's looking for productivity. He said, be fruitful and multiply and fill to capacity this space that I'm giving you. Because if you're just going to take up space and resources, if I come to you and all you got is leaves and no fruit, then you're just unnecessary. Cut it down. Come on, y'all, let's walk through this text. Let's walk through this text in Luke 13. Right before he tells this parable, Jesus is talking uh, to some people about the need for God's people to repent or they're going to perish like some other people had done. And so when he's trying to explain to them that y'all going to have to change, and basically I'm here, you, you looking at these other folk and what they went through, but you're going to perish just like them. If you guys don't repent, you guys don't change. See, then he tells this parable. He says, a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard. And he went to, to look for fruit on it, but there was no fruit. Didn't find anything. All these beautiful leaves, but in all them leaves, there was no fruit. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, he said to the vine dresser, look, for three years now, yeah. I've been coming looking for fruit on this tree. I haven't found any. So you know what? It is taking up ground. It's taking up nutrients. It's in the way and it's not giving me. Now look, I'm a businessman. I'm a businessman and this thing is not being productive. So I want you to cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? I could be doing something else that'd be, that's fruitful. I could be using somebody else. That, that's true. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I, I could be doing something else. You're right. That's fruitful. Uh -huh. the, vine, the vine dresser, the guy that kept the vineyard, he said, sir, I guess because he had nurtured this tree and he had finished. I, I don't know why he was, he was into this tree. He said, sir, just leave it alone. One more year. Just give me one more year. I'll dig around it. I'll. I'll fertilize it. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. But if not, no excuses. Just cut it down. Give me a year. Give me another year of no excuses. Now, in the Bible, fig trees and vines were common in that region. So they often are used in parables and sayings. And the fig tree that became actually a symbol of productivity and increase. But a fruitless fig tree that was full of leaves and no fruit is really a symbol of people who profess godliness, but they don't have anything that shows that they're really godly. And so when it says cut it down, that stands for judgment, for being separated from God. But the delay in cutting it down, when he said, give it another year, that represents the forbearance of God, giving fruitless folks time to repent. The delay of cutting it down means that God was giving fruitless folks time to repent. So in this parable, although some may think that the tree represented Israel, and there might be some of that, but in this particular parable, the tree seems to represent the individual. 
that God is the owner of the vineyard and Jesus is the one that's taking care of the tree because we see that he is the one that's interceding. Is the one that takes care of the tree, not the tree. But the one who takes care of the tree, he's the one interceding. He's the one who asks for more time. In a sense, he has come down from heaven to earth to make a difference in the direction of mankind. He came down here to make things right between us and the Father. He said, look, I'll do the digging and, and he'll do the fertilizing. He pleads for delay. So instead of destroying us, God gave them one more year. In other words, God gave them more time. Yeah. But no excuses. Because if this doesn't work, cut it down. So we as a people, we enjoy the privilege of the gospel, but we don't always bear any fruit to God's glory. And so in this text, when he says fruit, he may have actually been talking about things like mercy, goodness, righteousness. Or maybe he's talking about service or love or faith or just godly character. I came down here. I planted you all in good soil. I gave you word and, I didn't, I didn't, and I'm down here with y'all now and I don't see any fruit. But for us in this day, in 2020, for us, fruit is the end result of our walking in purpose. That as we walk in purpose, we ought to be bearing some fruit. And, and so the tree, in the, in the parable, the tree evidently has been barren a long time because the first couple of years of a fig tree you don't even look for fruit and it's a few years before you look for fruit and so for the last three years there should have been some fruit on this tree the tree evidently had been planted long enough to be fruitful the tree evidently had been planted long enough to be fruitful most of you have been around long enough to be fruitful and Jesus is here to work on you as God gives you more time. He's coming to this message today. Is coming to people to say the forbearance of God, the patience of God, the intercession of Jesus is giving you more time. Because you've been around here long enough to be fruitful. So he said, let me dig around the fig tree. So the first thing is he's going to dig and discard. We need to dig and discard. What, what, what does digging do? God, what does digging do? For why you want to dig around a tree? Because I, I studied it out. And what digging does is it aerates the soil. It stirs things up. It opens things up. It makes the roots more able to get the nutrients from the soil. Sometimes the soil get hard. You got rocks. You got stuff. There was something. There was something that was hindering the roots from really getting the nutrients. So he said, "You dug it up. You you dig up whatever is hindering you from producing fruit. And if you dig up some things, maybe there's some rocks there. Maybe there's some trash there. Whatever is there that is hindering you from really getting the nutrients that you take to be fruitful, then you need to discard that. So I'm asking you, what is in the way and causing you not to grow? What is in the way that's causing you not to be fruitful is it procrastination I need to dig it up is it just rebellion is it depression that was me that was me Keisha there's so much more that I could have accomplished by now if I had spent so much time trimming in and out of depression for some of you, it's fear that's keeping you from being fruitful. For somebody, it's perfectionism. If you can't do it perfectly, if you can't do it better than everybody else, you're not going to do it at all. 
But some of you is pride. You don't want to be embarrassed. You don't want to do the hard. You don't do those certain things because of your pride. Some of you is negativity. As soon as something, somebody say something to you, you automatically go to the negative. It's an automatic no. Before you even think about it, you have, you have figured out why that thing not going to work. But some of you is hurt. And you sat in your hurt that has hindered you from being fruitful. And so at first I was thinking, you know, we need to dig and discard. Dig it up. As we dig, whatever's up that's hindering us, we, we opening up the, the, the soil. We breaking up the fallow ground, as the Bible say. And, and, and we need to dig and discard. But then God showed me something in the text, Darian. He said, wait a minute. He didn't say the tree would do the digging. Notice he said that he would do it. He is digging. That's why you're going through. It's because he's doing some digging. That's why you see things in yourself now that you never saw before. I didn't really know that was in me like that. It's because he is doing some digging. That's why certain people have left your life. Because he's doing some digging and discarding. Some digging and discarding. That's why it feels like you're being hit. That's why it feels like you're being poked. It feels like you're just irritated. You're stirred up. You're upset. You've been turned upside down. Some of you are confused. You're changing and you don't even know why you're changing. It's because he's doing the digging. And he's doing the discarding because you're running out of time and he has to get you ready. He's asked for father for more time for you and he don't have time to play with you and let you discover yourself. That's good. That's good. So he's going to do the digging. So all of you that didn't get it done this year, you might as well just open yourself up to the digging and give him a year of no excuses. So dig and discard, but then he said he was going to do something else. He said, I'm going to fertilize it. So to me, that's add and absorb. Dig and discard, then add and absorb. After it's been dug around, and now it's easier for the roots to get nutrients, now you got to add the right nutrients in and give the tree an opportunity to absorb them. Not just stop doing things. You have to do the right thing. You and I talked about this the other day, Sharon. It's not that you just stop doing some stuff. You also got to do the right stuff. You got to add some stuff. It's not enough to, to stop cussing if you don't start praying. It's not enough to stop clubbing if you don't start going to Bible study. It's not enough to stop watching pornography if you don't start coming to church, you, you got to add some stuff. It's not all oh, what you stop doing. You got to do some stuff. So digging was only part of it. Then you got to fertilize. If you're going to be fruitful, allow the Lord to dig and discard. But then he also has to add and you have to absorb. You got you to gotta absorb some prayer. If, if fear, if you dug out fear, you need to add some confidence. If you dig out the negative thinking, you need to add some positive thinking. If you dig out the, the, the procrastination and dig out the, the intimidation and dig out, then you need to add some grit. If you're going to dig out the unfruitful stuff, then you're going to have to add some fruitful behavior. What do you need to 
to add to be fruitful. One thing is to add living in the realm of the Holy Spirit. That's why I've been teaching you guys on Wednesday about living in the realm of the Holy Spirit. Because if you add the Holy Spirit into your life and absorb the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is able to do through you exceedingly and abundantly above according to the power that works in you. But again, he's going to do the adding. And it's up to you, though, to absorb it. If you take in what he's pouring out, if you would just take in what he's pouring out, you will bear fruit. And I get it. I get it. I get it. I get why the Lord just wanted to cut him down. What God said, cut it down. Because it is so frustrating to pour into people who won't take it. It is so frustrating mm. to keep pouring into people who won't drink. It's fun to preach to the hungry and the thirsty. Mm -hmm. We talked about that the other day. Yeah. Pastor Ronald went down to Hoving and she said, I was so excited. I was so up when I was just charged when I came. And I said, I know. Because they're, they're hungry. They're thirsty. And as much as I love you, New Antioch, I love y'all. I love preaching to you. I love teaching you. I love being here with you on Sunday. But I have to tell you the truth. I have to tell you the truth. I would rather preach in the prison than preaching here on Sunday. Because when I go to the prison, I'm preaching to people that are hungry. I'm teaching to people that really want it. When I'm here, I feel like I'm force feeding people. I leave trained. Because I'm trying to force you to eat something that you really don't want. And it's so much more fun to teach and preach to people that are hungry and thirsty for it. It's frustrating to preach to people that you got to force feed. So I get it. I get it. I understand why he said, eh, cut it down. Oh, but the love of Jesus. He said, don't cut it down, God. He'll do the adding. But you got to do the absorbing. So the parable said that after the vine dresser did all that he could do, if there was still no fruit, he said, no excuse, cut it down. And some of you that know you've been given another chance. You feel God calling and you feel God nudging you and you know that you're capable and you're called to be more and to do more, but you've been full of excuses. And all those excuses, the stuff makes sense to you. I know it makes sense to you. But this word is coming today to let you know that Jesus is pleading for you. He told me to come to this text because he is pleading for you. He is interceding for you not to be cut off. He believes in you. He knows you're a great tree. He knows you're in good ground. You just need to dig and discard and add and let it absorb. This is your year to be fruitful. Somebody say, this is my year to be fruitful all you got to do is do your best and let God do the rest just do your best and let God do the rest I said you do a year of no excuses just do your best don't let anything stop you because your excuses just represent a lack of faith in grace I was watching this movie called breakthrough and and the, the doctor said look your boy's gonna die your son is gonna die the woman looked at him and said, I hear you're an expert. You're an expert in this field. That there's nobody better. This is what I want you to do. Just give him your very best. 
and let God do the rest. And that's why I was saying to you, just do your best and let God do the rest. Have faith in grace. Do your best. Let him do the rest. And Jonathan McReynolds got a song. He said like this, what you lack, he is full of. Where you're broken, he is whole. Where you're doubting, he is sure of. What you confess, he will cover. What you let go, he'll control. And the Bible is full of people that have to have faith in the grace of God to give them the ability to do what they couldn't do. All Moses had was a stick and a stutter, and God did the rest. All David had was a rag and a rock, and God did the rest. All the disciples had was two fish and five loaves of bread, and God did the rest. All the widow had was some oil and a handful of grain, and God did the rest. All Mary had was some water and some jars, and God did the rest. All Peter had was a boat and an empty net, and God did the rest. You do your best, and let God do the rest. No excuses. Have faith in grace. Mm. Ooh, I feel that. All right. Jesus is giving you time to repent. He doesn't want you to be cut off. He's giving you another chance to be fruitful. I want you to determine to spend the next year. You can start right now. Spend the next year without excuses. Let 2021 be a year for you of no excuses. Matter of fact, let November, December, and all of 2021 be a year of no excuses. See it through until you see much fruit. See it through until you see much fruit. I'm talking about, God said, tell him like this. He said, I'm talking about things I told you to do and gave you the ability, the access, and the authorization. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling you to tell you about all the stuff that you decided you wanted to do. These are things that I told you to do. I told you to do it. I called you to do it. I called for, it for you. But so if I told you to do it and I called you for it, then I have already given you the ability, the access, and the authorization to do it. And if God is for you, yeah. what is going to be able to stand against you? And so here's where God is leading us. As this year comes to a close and we open another year. As you have survived this year when a whole lot of people didn't. Here's where he asked me to start. What we're asking for is for you to take one person next year. Just one person. Like Pastor Tarana asked us last week, who's going to get your stuff? Who can you present to God as somebody you poured into? Because you are going to have to stand before him one day. Second Corinthians 5 and 10 says, For we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad, good or bad, you're going to receive your due reward for whatever it is you did in your body. You are going to have to stand before God one day. So who will you say you poured into? Who are you going to say? No excuses. You know, there's another way I saw this parable, pastors that are here. There's another way to look at it. We can look at it as Jesus is the owner. And as pastors, I'm the one who cares for the tree 
and New Antioch is the tree. There is more into us as a church than we've done. There's more to, there's more than what we've done already. So God, just give me another year. Pastor, y'all come with me. God, God, give us another year of no excuses. I'm not going to use money as an excuse anymore. Because what God told me to do, we don't have the money for. But I'm going to have to have faith and grace. I'm not going to use personnel. We don't have the people. That's why we're doing this. We're trying to get the people. God, we don't have the right personnel to do what we need to do. Can't use that as an excuse. I can't use COVID. COVID is not going to be an excuse. Not even my leadership challenges. Because I always feel like I'm a better preacher and teacher than I am a leader. But I can't use that for an excuse. So John, let me dig and discard around New Antioch. Let me add and expect you all in this congregation and those of you that are listening, I expect you to begin to absorb what we've been pouring out and it's going to bring forth fruit. And all I'm asking is you start with just one. No excuses. Just do your best and let God do the rest. Have faith in grace. Just take one person under your wing for a year and make that relationship a fruitful relationship. Be there U-turn. Be there upturn. Or be there return. Produce some fruit from your purpose. Can you give God one year of no excuses? Well, Pastor, I don't have time. Well, he's the one who gives you time and he asks you for a few hours of the time he gave you. Parents, y'all know how it is. You bought the child a, a, a large fry, asked for two of them back and they got a, a nerve to not want you to have two of the fries that you just bought them. So it's the same thing. God is the one who gave you time. How dare you go to him and say, I don't have time. How can you tell the God who gave you time that you don't have no time for him? No excuse. Well, God, they don't want to hear it. So, tell them anyway. No excuse. Well, Lord, I don't have anyone I can mentor. Well, God has somebody for you. Ask him. No excuse. Well, Lord, you know, I'm not right myself. Well, the Bible says if you will confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive, us your, forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. No excuse. Well, Lord, I'm already so overwhelmed. Well, get rid of what you told you to do. Get rid of what you told you to do. And make room for what he told you to do. No excuse. Well, Lord, I'm just too tired. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. No excuse. Well, God, you know I don't really like people like that. Well, how can you love God whom you can't see and, and not love your brother whom you see every day? No excuse. Well, Lord, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Well, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously without family fault and it'll be given to him. No excuse. What? I just don't think I'm ready. Work the work of him who sent you while it is day because when night comes, no man can work. No excuse. Well, I'm not qualified to teach anyone anything. Well, he doesn't always call the qualified, but he always qualifies the call. No excuse. 
not sure this is really God. Well, his sheep know his voice and a stranger they will not follow. No excuse. I just can't. No, you just won't. Jesus said, do you love me? And feed my sheep. No excuse. Do you love me? Then feed my sheep. A year of no excuse. I find space for what I treasure. I made time for what I want. I choose my priorities and Jesus your So I will make room for you. I will prepare for two so you don't feel that you can't live here. Please live in me. Do you love him? Don't offer him any excuse. Because the truth of the matter is, I find space for what I treasure. I make time for what I want. I choose my priorities. Jesus,
us right now. Holy Spirit, you convict men of their wrong. I need you to convict us. Holy Spirit, move through these airways. Holy Spirit, move in this room right now and take away every excuse. Give us the conviction that we certainly love the Lord and we'll feed his sheep. Speak to everyone that you have preordained to be a coach, to pour into somebody this year. Grab their heart, grab their mind. Don't let them rest. No excuse. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Now, if you're not saved, everybody that's in the building here is saved. If you're not saved, if you've never prayed that prayer, that ask Jesus into your heart, or if you know you need to do it again, because you are going to face Christ one day. You're going to face the judgment one day. And I know when we go to funerals, we try to make it feel like everybody's going to heaven. But let me tell you right now, we're not having a funeral right now. Let me tell you right now, everybody's not going to heaven. They're not. The Bible says there's few that find the way. You need to be sure that if you lost your life, that you would make it into heaven. And if you are not sure, I need you to pray this prayer with me. If you've been living any kind of way, if you have not really been in relationship with Jesus Christ right now, you can be sure right now of your salvation. Pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I believe in you. Forgive me for everything that I've done wrong. And I'll live for you for the rest of my life. I want to go to heaven. I want to be fruitful. Save me. And I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, just put it in the comments and somebody's going to get to you. There's a book that I want you to have that'll help you on this life. And I would love for you to be a member of our church. If you go to newantioch-aliante.org and find uh, the connect, you can connect with our church. Whether you need a community group Bible study or whether you need to be a member or you just want to get that book so you can start in being saved, God is calling for you right now. Jesus is pleading and he's giving you more time. Don't waste this time. Don't waste another day much less another year. Make room for him. Let us know that God has saved you today. And we want you to be part of our church family. You all can also can go there and be a member of our church. We'd love to have you. Because we're on the move. We're doing some stuff. Let God bring fruit out of your life. And so again, we are launching our coaching program today. God told me to get 50 coaches from Central Campus and 30 coaches from this campus. If you have already signed up to be a coach, you should have already gotten in uh, your either email or your text. If you have an iPhone, you got it in a text. If you're one of those people that make me work harder because you got an Android, it should be in your, e your email. So all you Android folks, you had you work my nerves trying to get to this stuff to you, but uh, it should be either, either in your email or in your text. Look for it, and you have the coaching packet. For those of you that want to be coaches right now, if you're listening and you have not signed up, just write in that comment section, or you can text me or get to one of the pastors and say, I want to be in the program. I want to be a coach. I feel God pulling me. I, I don't want God to 
y'all. I'm going to jump in. This is what he told me as the pastor to do at New Antioch. You remember New Antioch? This is what you're doing next year. So in the package, it talks about coaching. What is a coach? A coach simply teaches a player how to play their position. That's what coaches do in athletics. So here you'll be doing the same thing. What NACF coaches are going to do is you choose someone, preferably someone in our congregation, but they don't have to be in our congregation. And what I want you to do is to teach them how to do something that you already know how to do or something you've done. It can be a ministry in the church. It can be something that we do in the church, AV or greeting or, or praise team or whatever in the church, working with the children. It could be something in the church or it could be something that you do in your life. You're a good parent or you're a good spouse or uh, you're a good professional, something that you know. It, it could be music. It could be uh, in the studio, you know, whatever that you know how to do. You're going to coach them to do something in your personal life or something in the ministry. It is going to include walking with God. Next year, we're going to go through a book that teaches people how to walk with God daily. And so you'll be taking your coaching person as you guys go through that as well. That'll be part of just teaching them how to walk with God every day. It will help us fulfill the mission of discipleship. We are told to go and make disciples. It's going to expand the kingdom. You're going to make God smile. When he comes back, he'll see some fruit on your tree. And you're going to then prepare them to be a coach for somebody else. You're going to get them ready. And then next year, they'll take somebody on themselves. What do the coaches have to commit to? It's all there in your package. But we're going to ask you to dedicate 10 hours of ministry time each week. Now, right now, that sounds like a whole lot. But you've just been in church for two hours. And those of you that are working, that's three. So now you're down to just seven. If you go to the 7 o'clock morning prayer four days out of the week, now you're just down to three. If you go to a Bible study, all of those things, and it's in the packet of things that, that count for those 10 hours, it's going to be so very easy to do. If you take a class, if you had a meeting, you got you had an executive board meeting, or you're meeting with the greeters, that counts towards your hours. And then you're going to coach one other person to what you do in life or what you do in the church. What we're going to ask you to do is have three contacts per week with that person for a year. That sounds like a whole lot, but I'm talking about you can text them and say, how you doing? Or say, remember that book? I gave you a book to read. Have you picked up the book yet? That counts. It could be a meeting with them, a session. It could be a text, an email, or a Thank phone you. call, just that you stay in contact with that person. Then we're going to ask you to come to a coaches service once a month, third Sunday. I'll be preaching to the coaches every third Sunday. There'll be a message for you. Now, other people may be here, but it will be your service. And I want you and your family here every third Sunday. And the other things that you would develop, seven of the resets. This, sun, this summer, we went through a summer reset. And in a summer reset, there were seven areas. Being spiritually excellent, physically fit, emotionally stable, mentally sound, financially set, relationally fruitful, or socially connected, whatever areas in your life, because I want you to improve this year as well. You'll just pick two of those areas to work on. All of us need to work on spiritually excellent, uh, but there, whatever is, is to you, you'll work on that, and you're going to pray over seven breakings. I did a, a sermon uh, called Give Me a Break. I Need a Break. A sermon called I Need a Break. You can go back and try to look at that sermon, but in your packet, it has the seven areas of breaking. I want you to pray over some stuff in your life so that you can be a better coach. 
whether you need to break barriers, break yokes, break chains, break uh, uh, wheels, break bands, break curses, or break cycles, you'll be praying over two of those in your own life, and you'll be doing two resets in your own life. That's just to make you better. And again, the activities that count for your 10 ministry hours is whatever your coaching sessions are. They might be 15 minutes that week. It might be several hours. Your worship service, two to three hours counts. Your community groups counts towards your hours. That's another two or three hours. If you go to prayer, uh, your personal prayer time counts. Your personal study time counts. Um, going to Sunday school, the Kingdom Academy. If you're in seminary, or Kingdom Leadership counts. Most of you are doing that much already if you really count it. Morning Bible study on Wednesday or uh, if you're in, in a ministers in training, that might be one to three hours or rehearsals count. Uh, towards your hours, department meetings, your executive board meetings, all of those things. And what you're doing is you're committing to coach one person for one year. You can feel free to coach more than one, but you'll be giving me a name. I'm only going to hold you accountable for one. You're also going to be accountable for the code of conduct. There's a certain way that you need to present yourself. There's a certain lifestyle you need to live. Don't let that be an excuse, though. Just come up to the level of it. There's some grace in this. So there's a code of conduct that's in your packet. And there's some ethical standards for the church. Uh, and ethical standards just are things that we don't do. Uh, in other words, I don't want you to borrow money from the people that you're coaching. That's a no-no. Uh, I don't want you to have sexual relationships with the, or sexual contact with the people that you're coaching. You know what I'm saying? Pastor, you got to say that kind of stuff? Yes, I do. I have to say that kind of stuff. You're not going to lie to them. You're not going to steal from them. You're not going to deceive them. You're not going to use their money. Uh, you're going to keep your boundaries. You can't let your, your coach eat, buy you a car, and buy you some diamonds, and give you expensive gifts. Just those kind of things. Keeping confidentiality. You're not going to tell their business everywhere. These are ex these are standards. Um, your interactions on social media have to be appropriate. So we have you have your ethical standards that are in there. And then uh, there's a virtual meeting etiquette uh, that's also in your packet. And we have to do this because sometimes, because I don't want you, in other words, say having a face-to-face -face, uh, time with your coaching and you're with your coach E and, and your mentee and you in the bed in your in your nighties. And so there's some standards that if we're going to meet virtually, you know, you gotta wear a certain kind of clothes and and you you know there's some expectations and so all of that is in your package. So if you're in, if this message has touched you and said, Pastor, I can do that, no excuse. No excuse, then uh, let us know. If, you, if you're in, some of you, I'm still going to call and lean on you a little bit. If you're here today and you want a hard copy, uh, you can get a hard copy of it today. This one isn't. Uh, this one has a few typos in it, so I have another one that's coming. But if you want a hard copy, then you can look through it. Please do that today. If you want a copy, uh, we'll send it to you. We'll email it to you or text it to you. I need you all to come in. I need you all to do this. God has given us more time to be fruitful as a ministry and this is the way he's told us to do it so are you in are you in one year with no excuses one year give God a year give God your next year and be fruitful in the name of Jesus and so we are father in the name of Jesus again
I pray for you to prick the hearts of those, God, and I pray a blessing on all of those that will enter this coaching project with us. And I thank you for what you're going to do in the ministry because of the people of God who have said yes, who will decide to make room for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now that we are on shutdown again, we're going to cooperate with the governor for the next uh, two weeks. So Tuesday will be one week and then the next week. Uh, but there are a couple of things that we are going to continue to do. One is the turkey drive. So this Friday, um, all day long, you can bring frozen turkeys to the central campus. We need 200 so that we can help people. The, the line is, un, is unreal. People are there to get food. They're all the way down the street in their cars, and then they park in the parking lot and wait their turn. People wait for hours to come and get food. That's how much people are in need. Uh, sometimes people just want stuff for free. But if you're going to sit in a car in this long line, and we might not get to you for over an hour, you probably really need some food. Uh, and so we want to make sure that Thanksgiving goes well. So please do that. Some of you can do two or three, but don't don't be at home and you got all of this bread that you're not going to even eat for a week. You're going to get sick of it by, by Sunday morning and throw it away when you really could be giving to somebody. And so we want you to do that. Drop them by the Central Campus, 610 Bellrose, between 7 and 5 on um, on a Friday and then we're going to be giving them out on Saturday. The other thing we're going to continue to do is our 5KM service next Sunday at 4 o'clock. We're going to be at the Central Campus in the parking lot since it's already a drive-in service. It's safe as far as COVID is concerned. Come as you are, but stay in your car. Uh, and so uh, the 5KM pastors are going to be tag team preaching. We're going to have a few praise teams there, our praise team and two other praise teams. And the pastors are going to be preaching. It's going to be a wonderful service, a great fellowship and a safe fellowship. 5KM, our fellowship of independent churches and ministries, we call 5KM, hasn't been able to get together all year so we're going to get together and just enjoy each other and fellowship that is next Sunday at 4 p.m. 610 Bellrose in the parking lot again come as you are but you're going to stay in your car and stay safe and the only other thing that we're also going to do is our angel tree and so if you go to the house of Antioch those of you that are members go to the house of Antioch and you can sign up for Angel Tree, it's also going to be drive-through. You're going to get the things. We're going to have it there. And the kids, will, the families will drive through and pick up their presents. So if you would be, please do that for us. We have still got to do purpose in this pandemic. We have to do purpose in this pandemic. And nothing is going to stop us from doing that in the name of Jesus. And so God bless you all again. If you would love to be a member of our church, we would love to have you. Go to newantioch-aliante.org, push the connect button, or you can, and, and follow the prompts there, or you can tell us right now, and somebody that is watching the broadcast will get the information to you to be a part of our church. And that's all we have today. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. Thank you, everybody that has come out. Uh, to the, our staff that's here, they're, they're coming out so that you can have a worship experience. So finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. 
be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. We greet one another with a holy wave. We're waving at you. All the saints here are saluting you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen and amen. Don't forget to make room for him. Don't make room. Forget to make room. Central Campus at New Antioch Central at 77977.